Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. up everybody welcome into locked on tigers i'm your host chris castellani it is monday may 10th 2021 thank you very much for tuning in today i hope everyone's mothers had a very safe and happy mother's day i i know my mom did she might not admit to it but she did we 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 treat our our family well here at, at the castellani uh household tigers played two games over the weekend the third game was postponed Due to weather, that game will be made up. It'll be the first game after the All-Star break. It will be a doubleheader against the Twins. The first game will be at 2-10. And the second game, the nightcap, will be at 7-10. So mark your calendars, people. It's going to be a big day. Let's talk about the two games that the Tigers played over the weekend against the Twinkies. You know, one thing I uh, that stunned me, and I talked about it a little bit at the end of Friday's show, but uh, the Twins are kind of in deep crap. I mean, they are, as of the time of this recording, 12-20. And look, this is not a division that's very good. Um, the White Sox I was really high on. I'm not as high on them anymore because half their team is injured and their manager's an idiot. But everybody else, like, I, I don't see the Royals sustaining this. I, I just don't see their pitching holding up. I think they'll have a lineup that's going to hit all year. But the, even they've dropped to 16-16. They're 500 right now as of the time of this recording. Somehow, despite the fact that they're trying to be bad, the Indians may accidentally end up winning this division. I know it's early in the year, and this is a Tigers podcast. The Tigers are obviously are not going to win the division, but it, it was it's something worth noting right now that like somehow uh, because of a lot of injuries, the Indians, despite being no hit twice, and they've been no hit twice now, uh, are kind of in the driver's seat weirdly. But let's talk about the Tigers games that went down over the weekend. They played on Friday against the Twinkies and lost. Uh, by a final score of 7-3, to three. but there were some good things in this game, some very good things that I was I was quite pleased with, and it starts with who was on the mound. Tarek Skubal's record is now 0-5. The numbers are not pretty, 5-6-7 ERA. I'll be honest with you, though, and maybe he just likes facing the Twins because his three best starts of his major league career have come against the Twinkies. I thought he looked, in terms of pure stuff, as good as I've ever seen him, and I, I think g- genuinely... Every Tigers fan should breathe a heavy sigh of relief based on what they saw out of Tarek Skubal on Friday. Five innings, four hits, two runs, two walks, eight strikeouts. Both of the runs he gave up were on solo home runs, including a leadoff home run in the first inning. But as I talked about on Friday, dude, look, you don't don't you don't have to go seven scoreless. Just show me that your stuff is all right. And that's that's the opinion I've maintained since the very beginning with this whole thing is, you know, look, I, I know these guys are going to take their lumps. I know at points they're going to get hit hard. That happens with all young pitchers. As long as the stuff is good, 
I will continue to maintain that they themselves will be good major league pitchers. Like, Mize has had a lot of ups and downs this year. He's had a, a lot of ups and downs over the last two years since he got called up last season, but he has major league stuff. He has top of the rotation stuff, and I think this it, he's going to end up being really good here. Scooball really had me worried, and, and I didn't come on here and really go nuts about it because I didn't want to fear monger. God knows we, we have, we've had enough trials and tribulations over the last several years as Tigers fans to last us a long time, but when I watched that game against the Yankees, I thought his stuff was as flat as can be. It was as bad as I've ever seen it, and it really made me think he was either injured or needed to be sent down to the minor leagues. And I, I don't regret having that opinion. He did not look like a major league pitcher against the Yankees. He did not look like a major league pitcher over his last several outings. He had one pretty good outing against the Indians in his first start of the year. After that, he'd completely fallen apart just based on the stuff that I saw on Friday. We're talking about 13 swings and misses, a fastball that reached almost triple digits that hit 99 miles per hour on the gun in the first inning. His splitter was really effective. My opinion is it was he had dead arm. And now dead arm, I guess, for people that don't uh, understand what that means, though it's pretty self-explanatory, it's just a guy who's tired. It's not a guy who's injured. It's just a guy who's thrown a lot and probably needs a little bit of time off. I think that they didn't want to put him on the IL because he wasn't technically injured. He was just worn out. And I think that's a big reason why they moved him to the bullpen. Because, like, he had one okay start, pretty good start against the Indians. He had a terrible start in his second outing against the Tribe as well. Went four innings, I believe, against the A's. Only gave up one earned run, but his command was really off in that start. And they moved him to the bullpen. That is a very quick trigger to move a young pitcher, especially a young pitcher that you believe is going to be a cornerstone piece of your franchise going forward, to the bullpen. So I, I, I'm I, going to continue to maintain the belief that I, I think they just felt like his arm was dead. And they've moved him around. He was terrible against the Yankees. He had five days off, came back, and I thought he looked pretty darn good. Now, let's not get it twisted. He wasn't Sandy Koufax. I mean, ideally, you want to see him go more than five innings. You want to see him uh, avoid giving up the home run ball. But as I've stated from the beginning, all I want to see is how good the stuff looks. And I thought the stuff looked excellent, as good as I've ever seen it since he got called up. Now it's time to, to show some consistency. You, you got the arm back. You got your health back. Let's see two, three good outings in a row. We got to see that from Mize as well. We've seen Mize have uh, isolated, really good starts, but I want to see two or three in a row. I guess you could make the argument he's had two good starts in a row, the six innings, three earned against the White Sox, and then the six innings, one earned against the Red Sox his last time out. What will be important for both of them is just maintaining that consistency. You, can, I don't want to see one great start, one awful start. I want to see two or three solid starts in a row, and based on the stuff I saw from Tarek Skubal on Friday, it makes me think that he has the capability of doing that. Offensively, their only runs came courtesy of a Willie Castro three-run home run. Everyone was saying, oh man, Willie really needed that. Yeah, well, he needed it two weeks ago. Because even with that home run, he bumped his OPS up to 552, which is pitiful. Miggy went two for two and drew two walks, got his average over 100. Finally, thank God, passed Babe Ruth on the all-time hits list. That's kind of all we have to look forward to at this point with him. And the bullpen completely fell apart once again. Four innings, they gave up five earned runs. Brian Garcia gave up two. Jose Cisnero gave up one. And Daniel Norris gave up two. I've talked enough about the other guys, but I haven't talked about Norris a whole lot this year. Daniel Norris has had one of the strangest career paths of any Tiger that I've seen. Because when they traded for him, 
And it seems like forever ago, you remember how good he was his first outing against Baltimore in 2015 when he was just dazzling? And that's when the Orioles were like legitimately good and he was spectacular. And, and you were like, man, this guy, this guy's going to be a, a pitcher here for the next decade. He's going to be, he's going to be great. Had some injury problems, but I remember in, after 2015 thinking, all right, this guy's going to be a cornerstone piece. He's going to be good here. He's going to be maybe not top of the rotation guy, but he's got a high ceiling. I like his stuff. And then I remember in 2017 thinking, man, his stuff just is just worse. He lost like three or four miles per hour on his fastball velo. He went from being a guy who was hitting 95 to like throwing in the low 90s. And that carried over in 2018 and 2019 as well. He's never been that good. And then all of a sudden, last year, coming out of the pen, he found his velocity again. And now it's gone. So I, I, I think he's just a very mediocre very average major league pitcher. Uh, I, I saw a tweet by uh, Jed, the Tigers UK account, that said Jonathan Means is what Daniel Norris should have been. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, the, the repertoires kind of line up, both tall lefties. I, I felt, always felt like Norris's ceiling was incredibly high. I was very high on him when the Tigers uh, traded for him in the David Price deal. And Thankfully, Matt Boyd has kind of been the, the key piece of that trade, though I would even argue Matt Boyd has had a lot of inconsistency as much as I, I, I've enjoyed watching him pitch this year. It's a mystery what's happened to him, and I'm sure we'll find out one day that you know he had injuries that he was dealing with for a long time. I, I think he had a, an injury that was similar to uh, Ver, Justin Verlander's in 2014-2015, and I, I think there was a story about how he, he called Daniel Norris and said, it took me almost two full years to recover from that, which is why I was excited a year ago when Norris found his velocity again, but now he's lost it. Uh, this bullpen's going to be a dumpster fire pretty much all year. There's two guys that I think still have fairly high ceilings, and that's Brian Garcia and Gregory Soto, but even they've had a lot of inconsistency. Soto I'm going to talk about in the second segment. He's incredibly wild. Garcia is a weird one because the issues that are plaguing him now are the issues that would have plagued him a year ago if this thing would have gone a full 162, which is that he doesn't get enough swings and misses. He doesn't miss enough bats. I maintain he still has the stuff for it. I like his fastball slider combo. I think that he can work with that and be able to strike out a guy in inning, but he just hasn't found that yet, and it's led to a lot of struggles. Tigers lost 7-3. to We're going to be back in segment number two, and we're going to talk about the second game that went down over the weekend. A Tigers win. We'll be right back. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Back for segment number two. Hey, guess what? The Tigers won on Saturday a 7-3 game victory against the Minnesota Twins. Now, one thing I've noticed, and I talked in the last segment about how poor the Twins record is, but... Uh, from a pitching standpoint, they don't really look like the same team. I mean, I think that lineup's going to be good, even with Buxton going on the IL, which is so heartbreaking. It seemed like he was finally putting it all together. That lineup is good, but there's a lot of question marks on that pitching staff, and especially it seems like with their relief pitching, which had been really solid for them over the last several years with guys like Sergio Romo and and Sam Dyson that they acquired. But uh, that is not the case this year, and that's how the Tigers were able to pull out this game. Jose Urania started for Detroit. He wasn't great. He wasn't great. Didn't even get through five innings. Only gave up two runs. Uh, obviously, it could have been worse. He's built up a fair amount of goodwill with the uh, with how well he pitched over his last four outings. I mean, going seven innings and in, I think each of his last four starts. He, he'd been really effective, so I'm not going to get on him too much. And then Michael Fulmer came out of the pen and was great. I mean, he really kind of saved that game for Detroit. Came out of the pen two and two-thirds innings, one hit, zero runs, one walk, and three strikeouts. His ERA is now at 3.96. That's a little bit skewed because I, I feel like he, he had that one really bad start uh, where he only went two-thirds of an inning against Boston, but out of the pen, he's been really, really good. And I said this in my post-game video, but I like the idea of him as like a Josh Hader type. I'm not saying he's going to be Josh Hader, but a Josh Hader type pitcher out of the pen where what makes Josh Hader so effective is not the fact that he strikes out everybody. It's the fact that he's versatile. Like he may not go one inning three days in a row, but he'll go two innings every third day. And he's kind of versatile. He's very versatile in that aspect. I think they could have something like that with Fulmer, where you stretch him a little bit. And if he's if he's really that effective going two-plus innings for you out of the pen, then maybe you move him back into the rotation. But I, I'm a key believer in the, the if-it-ain't-broke-don't-fix-it uh, principle. And, and right now, Fulmer coming out of the pen, uh, he ain't broke. Offensively, they woke up. They scored five runs in the seventh inning to pull away. And I'm going to talk about that, but I have to bring this up. In the fifth inning, I saw the worst play I've ever seen at any level of baseball. And it, it had they have lost this game, I probably would have spent the entirety of the 25 minutes in which I was recording this podcast solely talking about this play. It angered me. Angered me. In the fifth inning, the Tigers had runners on first and third. Robbie Grossman was on third. Jimber Candelario hit a fly ball to center field. Jake Cave made a running catch. Robbie Grossman sprinted home and then halfway there was told to go back and ended up getting doubled off at third base. You have no idea. The, like, this was Chris Castellani spitting in his car. Like, that kind of vitriol, that kind of fury when I saw this play. I was going to eat them alive in my postgame video. It was the worst thing I'd ever seen. If I saw that play in a wreck softball league, I would have 
put that person on the bench the rest of the game. That was egregious. Egregious. And, and I, I think it was probably Chip Hale's fault. First of all, in, in general, just send him. Send him. Okay, Jay Cave made a running catch. Miggy was probably going to ground and do a double play anyway. Just send him. All right, you got to be aggressive. One thing that I give AJ credit for over the last w- few weeks is he's realized this offense is a dumpster fire. So he's trying to manufacture runs. More guys in motion, more guys stealing bases. I get that. But don't have him get halfway to home plate and then change your mind and send him back to third. That was the worst thing I'd ever seen in, in baseball. That was an entire summation of the last five years of Tigers baseball in one play. Now, we are going to focus on the positive here, but I, I just because they won, I can't ignore how ugly that play was and how bad some of the base running has been so far this season. Tigers pulled away in the seventh inning. Miguel Cabrera had an infield single, of all things, that bounced off of Josh Donaldson, scoring Robbie Grossman. I'm angry at that play Robbie Grossman made, but he he was actually the spark plug. He was the reason they won that game on Saturday. Got on base five times, including two walks. And then Jake Rogers uh, coming off of the taxi squad for an injured Wilson Ramos hit a soft line drive single to left field that kind of put the game away. That made it seven to two. Nico Goodrum before him had a, a two RBI single that made it five to two. Look, this is going to be Jake Rogers last stand. It, it really is. Now I, I would make the argument that uh, he's kind of on borrowed time at this point. I mean, they wanted him to make the team out of spring training. Uh, that This organization, understandably so, wants the young guys to be playing. They want the young guys to be getting reps. And Jake Rogers was just so bad in spring training that he didn't earn a roster spot. Not only was he so bad in spring training, but let's not forget about last year. That can't be overlooked, the fact that Griner and Austin Romine were the catchers here. And when one of them got injured, I believe it was Romine, the guy they called up was not your quote-unquote heavy air quotes here, catcher of the future, it was Eric Haas. I saw Eric Haas working at Dunkin' Donuts two years ago, and he got called up uh, over Jake Rogers. So I think that was really sending a message to him. Now, it's going to be his last shot. That was a good moment for him, but he's got to prove when he's up here, he's got to be great at something. Like, if he's a 100 average hitter, right? Like, if he's batting 100-150 and his pitch framing and game calling and keeping runners off the base paths is elite, I'll say, all right, we expected more, we wanted more, but I'll take that out of a backup catcher. Maybe he's just Jeff Mathis. Maybe that's the best we can hope for. But what AJ pointed out, and I give Hinch credit for being brutally honest here, he said that his his defense needs work again. You know, I think that he'd maybe been so focused on trying to get the bat going that he forgot what made him kind of an interesting prospect in the first place, which was the fact that many viewed him as one of the best defensive catchers in the minor leagues when he was coming up through the Astros and then, of course, through the Tiger system. Even though it was his first game back, I felt like that was a much-needed moment for him. I'm glad he was able to get that two-RBI single to, to kind of put that game away. Gregory Soto came in and looked very wild but ended up shutting the door. They, they had the tying run. Uh, at the plate there in the ninth inning, and and Soto was able to retire him. And that's going to be who Gregory Soto is. The stuff is great. I mean, you can't tell me that if you have the kind of stuff that he has that you can't work with that. That's what I've said from the beginning. And I do think that his slider has come along. I think it looks better than it did a year ago. It has a nice, better bite to it. Looks a little bit sharper. His issue is going to be just consistency and strike throwing. And and that's it's like that for a lot of relievers. I mean, Aroldis Chapman, when he came up, was, was a bit of a wild man. Now Aroldis Chapman, into his 30s, is 
pitching the best baseball that he's ever pitched because it, despite the fact that he throws a million miles per hour, uh, he's become a pitcher and, and, and not just a thrower. I think Soto is still kind of going through that learning curve, still taking his lumps. And even with some of the struggles, he's far and away the best reliever on this team. Now, the whip isn't good, and a high whip signifies that he's walking that line, which he has, and, and it means that at some point he'll probably have that big blow-up inning. But he's, he's the best reliever on the staff, and I think Hinch has known that from the beginning, which is why he... he made him the closer from day one, which is what uh, which is what he should have done. And so that'll do it for segment number two. When I come back at segment number three, we're going to preview Tuesday's game against the Kansas City Royals. Matt Boyd was supposed to start on Mother's Day, but it rained, so he'll be starting on Tuesday against KC. We'll be right back to preview that. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Back for the last segment today. Tigers do not play a game on this Monday, but they do play tomorrow, and we're going to preview that game currently. And I gave myself a day here. Uh, I'm recording this on, on Monday afternoon to try to see if I could figure out who the Royals were going to be throwing out there. I, I DM'd with Ryland Styles, host of Locked On Royals. He believes that if they're if they're going with the kind of whose turn it is in the rotation, they believe it will be Brady Singer. I know Brady Singer's had uh, had an injury, I believe, a, a few weeks ago. I don't know, maybe that's why they're hesitant to say that he's definitely going out there. But if he does, I like Brady Singer a lot. 1-3 with a 3-4-1 ERA pitched great. Outpitched uh, Matt Boyd several weeks ago when these two teams played in Comerica. The Royals are really scuffling right now. They are they have now lost eight games in a row. Just got swept by the White Sox at home over the weekend. They're 16-17 and 17 on the year. You know, they're... Their offense is still pretty darn good. I like that lineup a lot. I think they're going to be one of those teams that is competitive all year, like somewhere in that like 75 to 80 win range where they'll be solid. They'll be they'll be a competitive team. They're not going to be a pushover, but they're not exactly great either. And of course, the Tigers are very far from great. Tigers come into this game with a 10 and 24 record on the mound for Detroit. Will be Matt Boyd. He makes his return to the mound after, it was probably about well, a week, maybe a little bit more than a week layoff in between his last start. Had that knee problem that flared up when he pitched against the White Sox, which was his his shortest and worst outing of the year at guaranteed rate field. But the numbers are still uh, dazzling. 2-3 and three with a 2.27 ERA. You know what's interesting to me? And we're so early in the season, but Matt Boyd in 2019, uh, when he still gave up a lot of runs and a lot of homers, had a very high strikeout rate, 11.6 strikeouts per nine innings last year when he was putrid, three and seven with a 6.71 ERA. Strikeouts per nine were down, and they're down again this year, 35 and two-thirds innings, only 24 strikeouts. Early in the season, I think the deeper this thing goes, the more he'll start to rack up those strikeouts, but the FIP is excellent at 2.96. The whip is really low. He's not giving up a lot of hard contact. He's been great. He's been absolutely great. He's been the ace of this staff, which is what this organization believed he was capable of being. I think that's part of the reason why they kept him in 2019 at the deadline when they should have absolutely traded him, but that's a conversation for another day. Why is Matt Boyd 
Boyd been successful this year? Well, I think a big reason is, is he's found his slider again, is reason one and 1A. I, I think that that pitch was such an effective put-away pitch for him in the latter part of 2018 and in 2019 as well. But you, you can't just get by being a two-pitch pitcher, and I think he tried to in the second half of 2019, and that's why he got he got popped. He was downright poor in the second half of 19. Last year, everything went wrong. He lost the feel for his slider, but not only does he have a slider back this year, but he's utilizing his other pitches. He's throwing change-ups early in the count. He's throwing curveballs earlier in the count. He's really keeping guys guessing, keeping guys on their toes. I think that's where the influence of Chris Fetter as the pitching coach really comes in, and I think years from now, we could look back and just look at back on the Rick Anderson, Ron Gardenhire era as really a hindrance in regards to the development of some of these young pitchers, because boy, looks like a different pitcher so far in 2021. Uh, had one start against the Royals so far this season where he pitched great, went eight innings, three hits, two runs, only one of them earned no walks and three strikeouts on 89 pitches in that game. He's given him a lot of innings, five and two-thirds, seven, six and two-thirds, seven and a third, eight innings. Obviously, his last outing, he went one plus and then had the knee knee injury uh, come up. He, he only threw 34 pitches in that outing, willing to give him a mulligan. He's been so good this year, and I really hope that carries over. I want to see him consistently pitch some good baseball. I would say the month he just had in April, even with that last start, the best month of baseball that, in my opinion, Matt Boyd has ever pitched. Maybe he's had months where the ERA was lower, but the stuff never has never looked as good, in my opinion. And the command especially outside of the four walks that he had on opening day when it was 20 degrees outside. No walks, one walk, one walk, no walks, and one walk. I mean, he's he's keeping the ball in the zone, not leaving a lot of pitches over the plate. He's been excellent so far, and hopefully he can shut down the Royals in the first game of their three-game set starting tomorrow. No game tonight means no show tomorrow. Them's the rules. That will do it for today's show. Real quick, I do believe that the Apple podcast issue seems to be fixed. I checked out the uh, Locked on Tigers Apple podcast page just the other day. In fact, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like all the shows have been updated, which is good. I apologize for that inconvenience. It was really nothing that I could control. It was happening kind of network-wide with Locked On. I guess Apple Podcast was doing some updates, but I'm glad to see that's back. I apologize for the inconvenience there. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts. Like I said, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. I will be back here on Wednesday recapping the Tigers game against the Royals first of this series at home. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day and go. Tigers. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts.